Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. Today I have an episode on the topic of self-care through personal style and I'm joined by guest Holly Shays. So I'm going to start off by telling you a bit about Holly and her business and then she is going to help us understand how we can take care of ourselves by carving out a little time for ourselves through personal style, our wardrobes, and clothing. Holly Shays is a style coach and consultant helping you build and keep the wardrobe you want. She helps you keep what's working, fix what's broken, and align what's out of whack. From the hundreds of conversations she's had about clothes and clothing, she knows there's no single perfect solution, but rather the perfect style solution for you. While Holly is not a parent herself, She's seen and heard from friends and clients how easy it is to lose your sense of individual identity and how hard it is to carve out time for yourself as a parent. Intentionally getting dressed in the morning and embracing your personal style is a fast and easy way to do both. So welcome to the podcast, Holly. Thanks for having me. So this topic of self-care and the importance of self-care is something I talk about on my podcast, and it's something that I will continue to return to because parents typically are not very good at this and often feel really depleted and exhausted, or they're not parenting in line with their intentions or the way in which they want to be connecting with their children. They're flying off the handle or doing all the things they promised they wouldn't do. And oftentimes it's because they are feeling really exhausted and like there's nothing left for them and they're not basically taking care of their own personal needs. Mm -hmm. And I've provided a lot of ideas through my podcasts about exercise and trying meditation and finding different things that give each individual a recharge, an opportunity to kind of recharge the batteries so that they can show up for their children and their families with their intention and parenting the way they want to. But one idea I've never presented because frankly, it has never occurred to me and it's probably something in an area where I could use a little help myself is how to think about self-care through clothing, through personal style. So I'll start off by asking Holly, why clothing? And out of all the different avenues that are available for carving out time, why should parents think about doing it via personal style? Yeah, the thing I love about personal style and self-care and 
creating a wardrobe that really supports you every day is that it does just that. We are always wearing clothing almost all the time. If we have a wardrobe that is supportive and that we feel good in and that we feel confident in, we can access and tune back into our best self by getting dressed every single morning without taking the time for a long workout or a long meditation session or a bubble bath, if that's even a possibility. It's something that's so simple and that is seamlessly woven into our day in a way that a lot of things aren't. Um, it's a very, it's unique in that way because we also catch our reflection through so much throughout the day in ways that we don't even realize until we start noticing it, that when you catch your reflection on a day when you feel amazing, it just is a whole nother level of boost of self-confidence and you feel like you can actually take on your day as harried as it might be. That's really inspirational and I think relatable. I know that I fall into the class of moms who has taken on active wear and mm -hmm. yoga pants <laughs> as my mom uniform of choice, even when I have zero intention or plans to work out. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's just quick, it's easy, it's comfortable, and it's become routine. But it also, I put zero thought into it. And I recognize that on the days that I actually have dressed outside of that, mom uniform and put on clothing that not only feels comfortable, but also I feel beautiful in, or mm -hmm. I feel like it reflects my style or what, um, you know, what I, the colors I love or, you know, embroidery or patterns that I'm drawn to, that it does have like an impact on my emotional well-being, which is like kind of crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible. It's one of the things and it's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about working with people in their style and their clothing is that it has an impact that we don't intentionally think that it'll have. It's really easy to dismiss style and clothing as like frivolous or a luxury or like I'm wearing something so it's okay or I feel fine without remembering that we can feel incredible. I think that's really helpful because like you said, I think it's not even something that you recognize when you're going, you're just, okay, I'll put on pull these clothing, but you're right. All of a sudden you feel there's this change, this shift in your mood and also your confidence. And it can have a profound effect that's maybe not obvious to the average person who doesn't do this for a living. <laughs> I'd say the other reason why often I fall into the mom yoga athletic wear uniform default is because I have this thought and this idea and this perspective that it would take too much time and mm -hmm. I don't have time and or it's just not a good use of my time and I already have so much on my plate. So why should I take the time and efforts to do something like this? And I just don't have the time to invest in getting dressed. So what do you say? to people who have that perspective? Presumably you're getting dressed right. <laughs> each morning. Like presumably you are putting clothing on your body each morning already. So if you take an extra 
60 seconds, do you really not have that? It's really about creating the foundation of a wardrobe that doesn't take extra time in the morning to still feel degrees of magnitude better than you were in your previous mom uniform. Got it. So it's basically thinking that it's more complicated than it really is. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> exactly. And, and, and thinking that maybe it will take more time than it does. And it might take more time than it needs to. And I think you're going to get to this kind of down the road in terms of, you know, like identifying pieces in your wardrobe and things. For me, I have a lot of clothing, the majority of which I don't wear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> It might be like, oh my gosh, I've got too many options or decisions there. When the reality is I just haven't really taken the time to really look at what I have and what I don't need and what maybe doesn't fit, or maybe I no longer makes me feel fabulous when I wear it, or is maybe kind of something that used to fit, but doesn't anymore. And I still have this kind of voice inside my head to say, oh, hold on to it. You know, that's, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a goal piece, which kind of leads me to the next thing that I wanted to ask you which I know is really relatable to parents, specifically moms out there who maybe are struggling with their bodies. This is obviously a universal thing for all people, but unfortunately in society, predominantly women and definitely a lot of moms who are basically adjusting to their bodies after they may have had a child and or are getting older and their body is shifting in its shape. And it's something that I think for some parents, of some moms feels like a barrier in terms of their wardrobe and their personal style and their body. So where does body acceptance come into play? When you work with clients, particularly those moms or people who um, are kind of feeling like they can't make peace with the body they have Mm -hmm. and figure out what the personal style is that they want or which clothing choices would work best for the body they have. Yeah, body acceptance is such a big part of it, especially when you think about how limited we are in terms of what we have access to for body acceptance clothing-wise. We're constantly getting messages from the clothes that we try on in the store, the clothes that we take home, the clothes that we've kept for years that our body isn't right. When the reality is, if we reframe that, it's that the clothes aren't right for our body. So it's the clothing that needs to change and not us. It's about finding things that your body enjoys wearing. If something's too tight, if it's pinching, if you're constantly adjusting it, those are all signals that it's not right for you. And that's not a bad thing. It's just where you are right now. And that's perfectly acceptable. And clothing confidence comes from really owning the fact that if a piece of clothing doesn't fit, that's the only thing that means. It doesn't mean that your body is too big. It doesn't mean that it's too tall or too long or too curvy or too whatever. It just means that this piece of clothing doesn't fit and there's no second clause to that sentence. That's really helpful to make that shift in terms of there's something wrong with me and my body Mm -hmm. to, no, there's something wrong with this 
piece of clothing or this piece of clothing is wrong for me. Yeah. As opposed to there's something wrong with my body. Exactly. <laughs> it's simply a mismatch. It doesn't mean that someone has to be the villain in this equation. It just means that it's not a good fit in the same way that like sometimes a partner is not a good fit or a job's not a good fit. Like there doesn't have to be a judgment weight there. And when you're going through body transitions, this is one of the hardest things to accept because you're also comparing yourself to how you were and who you wanted to be when you got to where you are and where you thought you'd be by this age with this kid, with this life and this situation. And it's about coming to really centering in the life that you have right now and what your body looks like and feels like, even if it means that you have to get to know your body again. Bodies change when they give birth to children. Like this is, there's nothing odd about that. It's, you've done an incredible thing. You now have a child at the end of this process and there are going to be changes and transformations that happen with that. And just like you transition into from not being a parent to being a parent, your body also transitions. And it's about making friends with who you are now, really. Who knew that clothing could have such a profound effect? This is, you know, for yeah. somebody who doesn't think about clothing a lot, it's remarkable how looking at clothing and style and how that can actually have a way more profound effect on you, on your emotional kind of from an emotional level, but also on a self-acceptance and self-love perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So on the topic of, you know, adapting to, okay, my new role, my new body, you know, how things have changed now that I'm a parent, how does one keep a semblance of individual style with their identity as a parent? It's obviously a huge adjustment if you're new to parenting, but also ages and stages of parenting and mm -hmm. demands on a, a new parent of a newborn perhaps are very different than, you know, a parent who may be, you know, shuttling their kids all over the place to different activities. And there's a lot that goes into that in terms of keeping your own individual style and your identity while also being a parent. <laughs> yes, yes. And there's also the practical nature of like, what do you wear when you're tracing after a toddler? Or what do you wear when you have to go to a PTA meeting? Or what do you wear when you have to shuttle your kids between 15 billion activities each week? Right. It's, yeah, there's a lot of kind of figuring out what the ideal is and then making it happen in reality, which seems like a decent metaphor for parenthood in general, right? Right. And yeah, when I'm working with clients, we start with the quality that they want. And we start with if they want a very vibrant closet or a very simple closet, or if they want to explore minimalism or capsule wardrobes, or if they want to express a very bubbly personality or a very chic personality or a very fashion forward personality, whatever you want to express, we start there and sort of build what would the ideal be. And from there, we can keep the heart of what you want 
and make it fit in your lifestyle. So how do you be very fashionable while also having a child who has bodily fluids all over your clothing? Like, how do you balance those? How do you feel very chic while also shuttling your kids around? How do you feel effervescent and bubbly? If you don't feel that way in your daily life because you have a kid and work and a partner and family and friends and you want to feel like yourself, but you don't know how to make that work. It's about finding the pieces that evoke the qualities that you're looking for while also fitting your lifestyle. That's really helpful to think about that and just not, you know, I dress this way because I'm a mom and this is the way I think that a mom should dress or Mm -hmm. I, you know, just not putting much thought into what is my style? What does make me feel good? What do I feel compliments my body? And also is practical because I'm not walking around wearing leather and silk all day long Mm -hmm. with a child who might spit up or, you know, have mud all over their soccer cleats. Yeah. It's helpful because it's both. Mm-hmm. It's identifying that what is your individual style and how do you want to present yourself and how do you feel good? And then how do you interweave that with the necessities of life as a mm-hmm. parent? <laughs> yeah. And how do you accept that the way you expressed it before you were a parent is not necessarily the way you're going to express it now, but you could still be expressing the same quality. So if you look at pictures from before you were a parent and it was, you were like all dolled up and you remember spending hours on that look and like everything was perfect, how can you translate the feeling into a time of your life where you can't spend hours getting dolled up every day because you have this other human to take care of? Right. So in terms of, and this is kind of like the nitty gritty, and this is where I'm like really, really like intrigued to figure out wh- where do we start? Yeah. So when you are wanting <laughs> to build this wardrobe that is not overwhelming with pieces that may work, may not work, you know, just there's maybe too much, but um, how does one start when they're going to like basically clean slate it and they want to build this wardrobe that represents their individual style, fits well on their bodies, but then also, again, is practical in terms of their lifestyle. How do we start to do this? Yeah. So you start by taking an inventory. This is always where I start with a client and kind of what's working, what's not, what do you feel really good about? What do you feel really bad about? And start kind of just getting a lay of the land. Because like you've said, a lot of us don't think about our clothes every day. I am probably one of the few people who does. Right. It's not something that we intuitively pay a lot of attention or put a lot of thought into consistently throughout our lives. We have like moments where we go on a big shopping spree or moments where like we desperately need something so we grab anything that we can. So we start when we want to be intentional about assessing where you are. From there, for most clients, I really like to then go into a closet clear out. So getting rid of all of the options that you're not wearing anyway. So we're not really getting rid of options from your wardrobe. We're just taking away things that 
you weren't using so that we can see what you are using. And from there, we basically do kind of a gap assessment of what's the difference between what you have and what you want, and what's the most efficient and effective way to get you where you want to be. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. So when you think about when you're working with a client and you're looking at their wardrobe and their choices, is this something that you do with them like in this step process one time where they're going to look at all of their clothing, regardless of the seasons? Because, you know, for me, I've got a very small closet in an old house. And so I have my summer clothes elsewhere. And so I have kind of come up with a habit of, for me, at least kind of removed half of the clutter. <laughs> and I do try when I'm making that move to kind of be like, okay, kind of shed some of the content, but yeah. definitely not as much as I probably should be. Um, and then <laughs> like move in kind of the season's clothing that kind of fits the time of year we're in. So is this something, if that's a common experience for your clients, is this kind of like, we're going to do an overhaul of everything? Or do you kind of say like, let's just work the season we're in? How do you navigate that typically? Yeah, I generally say we do everything all at once. I live in New York City. So I work with a lot of people who also have very small vintage sized closets. And I like working all at once, especially for the first time through, like the first clean out, because it means that you get a sense really of everything you have. And I found that a lot of people, they think about the clothes already hanging in their closet in very particular ways. So they think about that dress is what I wear to like the handful of cocktail events that I go to. And that's the only thing that it's useful for. That's when I pull it out. It kind of has gotten pigeonholed. Or this shirt and these pants always go together with one or two of those shoes that I have over there. And that's how I style those. So it's creating kind of style ruts in our brain that don't have to be there. So the benefit of looking at your entire wardrobe altogether is something that you might have thought was very summer actually has more seasonal uses than you originally thought. So it means that we can create more outfits from what you already have and love. And from there, we can kind of break out of any style ruts that you've thought yourself into just out of habit of having to get dressed every morning. And it's easier to pair this shirt with this pair of pants with these shoes because I know it works. I've tried it before. It'll be fine. That's a profound thought for me. <laughs> because <laughs> I It's so funny. I grew up in California. And so I was used to having, you know, the majority of my wardrobe was, you know, for a warmer climate. Yeah. And I think really I still connect more with the clothing that I have labeled as summer wear <laughs> because <laughs> it just feels more me. I just like the fabrics, the colors, the the styles that I tend to wear in the summer. But now I live in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle 
where we're lucky if we have that kind of climate for nine weeks. <laughs> and so, like, right. The clothing that for me is like me, my personal style, what I feel most beautiful in, I wear for the tiniest part of the yeah. year. And then the rest of the time I'm in my mom uniform, like not worth the effort. And to think about, wow, I might be able to integrate some of those pieces I've labeled as summer in with my other, you know, quote unquote winter wear <laughs> yeah. by, you know, learning from somebody such as yourself, <laughs> how that can work and how you can layer and combine things and um, repurpose things and not have it be stuck in for me very much in a seasonal rut. Yeah. For example, one of my favorite looks for quarantine has been like, cause I'm not leaving the house. So winter really doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> like, so wearing summer dresses with like a really big cozy sweater over them. Cause my heating's on, but it's still a little chilly, but it's not so chilly that I need layers upon layers upon layers. So that's been a really fun alternative to pajamas every day. <laughs> Right. Or like dressed up top pajamas on the bottom, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I kind of discovered that a little bit, but then I went back into my rut again. Yeah. In terms of like, oh, I could just throw on a sweater. I'm not going mm -hmm. outside. I don't have to really prepare for rain. And also being like, oh gosh, even though I may not be going out in the world or not dressing for other people, mm -hmm. you know, it's still worth it, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's helpful in terms of feeling like this process, A, there is a method that you work with and teach your clients. And for someone like me that tends to get overwhelmed and kind of shut down when it seems like, oh, it's too big. I'm just going to keep staying in the same, you know, rut that I've been in, that understanding that, yeah, it might be like a big overhaul and a big kind of culling and removing the clutter and identifying pieces, but that's going to get you where you are going to want to be. and. Mm -hmm. And that's helpful. And I think um, part of starting there, I'm assuming, also has to do with being budget constant. It would be awesome of if course. we could yeah. get rid of everything and then just mm -hmm. like spend a bazillion dollars and to buy all new stuff. But that's not a reality, right? Yeah. Well, it's actually two. So there are two components to it. One is budget conscious, like clothing can add up and be really expensive. And the other part is you're already comfortable with the clothes you own. A lot of times when we think about a makeover, we think about the like movie makeover montage where everything gets tossed and you're left with nothing and you go out and buy everything new. But at the same time, we don't think about if everything that we've worn for the last many years of our lives is taken away and we get everything new and it's all kind of the upgraded version of what we want. And we come back to our home that's decorated the same as it was when we went out shopping. And we're sitting on a couch that's a total mismatch from what our new clothing wardrobe is. And we're eating off of the same old dishes and we're cuddling under the same blankets and have the same bedding and the same pillows and the same stuff is on the walls, it creates a really big disconnect between who we were and who we are. And a much more sustainable way to change, I've found, is to start with what you have and then build out. 
I have yet to meet somebody whose wardrobe was like a complete write-off. So being able to start with the foundations that you have and that are familiar allows us to make even bigger strides towards who you want to be and who you want to become. That's really helpful. And also I think helps with that sense of this is overwhelming and a going to be too expensive or to just feel like too big of, of an undertaking and just like stay in my yoga pants all day long. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's, that's easy and doesn't require as much thought. But understanding that there's a way of looking at your current clothing that does work. And then from there being like, well, gosh, you know, I bought this, but I'm realizing I could really use a blazer and, you know, what would look good. And what, so then you have these goals. And then I think a lot of us, sometimes I completely going to out myself here. You know, I have quantity, not a lot of quality mm-hmm. because it's like, eh, it's cheap. It's something I picked up at a discount store or on sale, whatever. And so it almost feels like disposable, which there's a whole side of this also in terms of like environmental um, and sustainability and just buying these kind of almost like throwaway pieces is really harmful to approach wardrobe, you know, looking at our wardrobes and approaching it from that kind of almost disposable Mm -hmm. perspective. Yeah, we use a lot of the same verbs for clothing that we use for food. We think of it as consumable, disposable, one-off, like fast meals, fast fashion, cheap, like in, except that clothing is not consumable. We do not consume clothing. It doesn't become energy in our bodies. It sits in our closet and then it often sits in a landfill. And it also creates kind of harking back to the body image stuff that we were talking about earlier, it creates a real dissonance when the information you're getting through your skin about your clothes is that it's cheap and doesn't feel very good. Like we can all feel quality. People often ask me like, what do I look for for quality garments? Like what are the telltale signs? And I'm happy to talk about that. But really, if you touch it, you know. Like we can feel when something fits perfectly, we stand a little taller, we feel a lot prouder of ourselves. We like feel that we could go into a meeting or we could go into a room and really present ourselves well. So we know what it feels like. And when we buy those things, when we buy quality, it has really wonderful environmental impacts because we're more likely to keep those things for longer We're more likely to repair them when they break. We're more likely to remake them when our bodies change. We can take them to a tailor and take them in or let them out a little bit. And that means that we're keeping things out of landfills and out of oceans and microplastics and all of that jazz gets into it as well. But it has a really wonderful synergy, both sustainable for us and sustainable for the planet that we live on. That's a really awesome, I'm so glad that we kind of brought that into this conversation because in terms of, you know, bringing it back to parents, in terms of what are we modeling for our children? What are we teaching them? What are we teaching them about what we value? And yeah, not everybody can afford, you know, cashmere sweaters, Mm -hmm. but can we look for the highest quality or can we find a way that, you know, owning a, maybe a higher quality Piece could be affordable. Can we find quality in, you know, consignment stores mm-hmm. or 
you know, things of that nature where, again, the goal is to get high quality so that we're not looking at our wardrobe as just cheap and disposable and having a negative impact on our environment and helping kids recognize that kind of hidden kind of problem when it comes to clothing choice and consumerism. So that's a really interesting and important part of considering when we're thinking again about our our wardrobe choices. It's personal style, but it also has to do with kind of what we value and kind of what we want to be doing in terms and how we're leading our family in terms of the choices we make and the impact outside of ourselves. So yeah. And one of the things I I really love about talking about sustainability in clothing is that there's it's a really clear conversation about individuals and also the systems that we live within. So I get a lot of questions about like, what do I buy that's sustainable? And the answer is potentially nothing. <laughs> but right. It might be in the current fashion system that we are living within, it is quite possible that there is no sustainable consumption. So in that case, the question is not, what do I buy that's sustainable? The question is, how do I make the best choice I can in an unsustainable industry? So it becomes wearing your clothes more often, repeating garments, which I think is really important to demonstrate to children, especially when we talk about social media and Instagram and all of the portrayals of don't repeat outfits. If we can instill that wearing the same piece of clothing multiple times is normal, that's, I think, a really powerful message. We can talk about consignment and resale and the beginnings of circular economies. We can talk about taking the stigma away from secondhand clothing and buying used and passing clothes along. We can talk about passing clothes along in ways that they can be used again. So we don't pass along stained things or rip things or pieces of garbage. We pass along really lovely garments that can have a whole second life or third life or fourth life when we're done with them. So I think that's an absolutely really important conversation. Yeah, especially, you know, with families that have more than one child. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm all about the hand-me-down. I've got four kids. And so it's like, (laughs) it is. But beyond that, luckily within my community, we have a bit of a kind of like passing things next to each other and sharing with our community. Because I do recognize that as a mother of four children, that I could potentially have a really high impact on Mm -hmm. the environment. And so helping my kids kind of like appreciate and get excited about their hand-me-downs and looking at those as it's new to you. And again, if it's higher quality, then it's going to be able to live many lives on many different children, even after my youngest grows out of things and have the same thing in terms of that sustainability piece, but also modeling for kids that same vision and that, you know, being united in terms of environmental impact and our choices and how to make things affordable. And then when you do get the new pieces, looking for, you know, quality again, Mm -hmm. and how, like you said, there's not a perfectly sustainable system in yep, terms of clothing, yeah. but like you said, like what could be the closest to that 
for the most in line with those goals and, mm-hmm. and start there. And at the same time, of course, for those of you in this industry, continuing to be a voice for, you know, yes. prove that. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave that. I'll leave that to you, Holly. <laughs> yes, yes. And, I support you. <laughs> oh, good. Excellent. And um, it, I mean, it does take consumers as well, like asking questions of brands that you shop with, asking questions of them on social media or when you shop and really, because I always say that consumers in the fashion industry are a really big carrot. So if consumers want it, and if they educate themselves about greenwashing and not just falling for marketing claims and really show that they care, that does a lot to help move the industry towards more sustainable methodologies because it shows that there's a market for it. And it shows that people are willing to put money where their mouth is and pay a little bit more. And the other part is, especially when we talk about hand-me-downs among children and like from child to child to child, it can be really wonderful to help them think about their and develop their own personal style because it might not be new, but it's new to them. So they can remake it and style it differently. And it doesn't have to look like the same garment that their older sibling wore. That's awesome and helpful. (laughs) And also like in terms of this conversation and with, you know, talking about clothing and not only does it have this like effect on your personal life and your way in which one can take care of themselves and find like using this again as a vehicle for self-care, but that it it can be even more than that. And looking at clothing from a perspective that's bigger and maybe more conscious is a real key on so many different levels like we've been talking about today. And going back to, you know, we've talked about, I'm already on board and I'm like, yes, I can see. (laughs) (laughs) how I can really be more conscious about not only the clothing that I'm wearing, but also prioritizing this in terms of the self-care, going back to that self-care. And, you know, we've talked about a few things, but anybody who's maybe on the fence and like, "Mm, okay, this sounds good, but I don't know, sell us that last little bit. What can parents potentially unlock by addressing self-care and consciousness through their wardrobe and personal style. It really comes down to how do you be the most present in your life so that you can be present for your children and your family? And how do you ultimately provide for them on every level that they need? How do you provide physically and emotionally and mentally and consciously mindfulness like all of that wrapped together, how do you ultimately show and demonstrate and raise children who are able to take this world that we live in and move it even further forward? Ultimately, we all want like better for the next generation than we had. That's kind of like the aim of children and continuing and raising children. But how do you connect to them in a way that they will get it. Because I think the most incredible thing about kids is that they pick up on everything. There is 
no hiding things from children. I have, from my experience, if you are talking to them about confidence and being themselves and authenticity and making the right choices for them, but you're not living that, they're going to pick up on that disconnect. That is very true and very (laughs) inspirational. And, you know, it seems like when you think about it from a real basic kind of perspective, it seems like, you know, taking the time to like think about my clothing, my wardrobe, my personal style and looking at it as a form of self-care. It's yes, it is the taking care of yourself. It is the cliched oxygen mask on. If I take care of myself and I take this time and I make choices consistent with my values and my style, that that is going to set me up to be the kind of parent to my children and set an example of not only self-love, self-care, and but also can potentially go beyond that in terms of setting, you know, a positive catalyst for change beyond your household, your families, and with our children. And very inspirational and so much more profound and deep than I would have thought a conversation about (laughs) clothing and self-care and parenting could be, which is awesome. And why I think it's so fabulous that um, you came on my podcast today, Holly, and shared your insights and your know-how and also kind of helped bring people along on thinking about their clothing and their style and how it relates. So listeners, I want them to know how they can find you and follow you and learn more from you. So could you share with us how people can follow you and learn more? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a really incredible conversation. So my website, which has all of the things and all of the links to connect and reach out and work together and do the things and dive deeper is whowhereswho.com. And I have an ebook called Personal Style Fundamentals in which we dive even deeper into all sorts of buying clothes and not buying clothes and washing and taking care of clothes, maintaining your clothes, and even getting rid of clothes at the end of their life cycle. And you can get that at whowhereswho.com forward slash ebook. That's awesome. And then also your podcast. Could you share oh, yes. your podcast? <laughs> yes, I, also, I also have a podcast where I talk more about clothes. It's called Talking About Clothes with Holly Shays, where I talk about clothes with people who wear them. And that's at whowhereswho.com forward slash podcast. Awesome. And I will have these links. If you didn't remember them, I'll have these links in my show notes so that you can go there and find that ebook and find the podcast and keep following Holly and learning more um, from her. Thank you so much again, Holly, for coming on the podcast. And I hope all of you listeners will join me on the next episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. 
So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories, and tag me at The3DParent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on The3D Parent Podcast.